0: Being your missions conference, uh, I have known the Millers for quite a few years. Uh, when we've joined the Westside Baptist Church in Katy, Texas, uh, Pastor Miller was the youth director. And at the time, we called him Pastor Stephen. So I'm having to transition to now call him Pastor Miller. So if I say Pastor Stephen, please forgive me. It uh, just takes a while to get used to these things. Uh, But Pastor Miller's very kind to meet me at the airport yesterday. We had a good time of fellowship coming here. Uh, Had lunch together, and then the Millers had me over to their house last night for supper. Uh, Got to meet Caleb James. And uh, he and I had a good time together. Uh, We met some uh, toys and uh, stuffed animals and had some good conversations together. So it was a blessing to meet him. And uh, so we've had a, had a good time here, been looking forward to the, uh, this uh, mission conference. I have written down some stuff real quick, and I can't read a word, so <laughs> that's the way my handwriting goes. Uh, so I'm just going to go and get into the message, amen? amen. Alright, so let's look in Mark chapter 4, uh, we'll start with verse 1, Mark chapter 4 and verse 1. Okay, before I get into that, I can read one thing I wrote down about our prayer card. Uh, if you will, pick up on our prayer cards and be sure to pray for us. Now, uh, I think as the other missionary mentioned, uh, the two-thirds, the best of us, did not come. Uh, so, Colette is my wife, Weston is our son. And uh, they were not able to come because Weston has Down syndrome and will not wear a mask. So, coming by air, he was not able to fly with us, so my wife and Weston, my son, are at home. Uh, I'll be mentioning Weston some in the uh, presentation tonight, the video presentation, Uh, and he's quite a character. Uh, He's 33 years old. He's uh, nonverbal, but we communicate using sign language, and he always has a lot to say. And so he's just a real blessing to us that God has given him to our family. and We praise God for him. All right, in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 1, says that he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his doctrine, And then let's skip to verse 33. It says, And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, And there were also with him other little ships. And let's have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today. We thank you for the opportunity to meet again. And Lord, we just pray that you'd be with the Word of God today as it goes out. That you would uh, help it to go out with power. uh, That you would meet with us in spirit and in truth. And that you would speak to every heart today as we listen to the Word of God. We love you. We thank you for loving us. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Here we find Jesus. It says he was on the seaside. The people were on the land. Uh, Jesus was sitting in the boat. You know, in the old times, that's the way they taught. The people stood. The speaker sat. Now, I don't know if you want to do that today. Uh, I think we'll just stick with the way we do it. But Jesus sat in the, sh- in the ship and taught the people. And he taught them many parables. He taught the parable of the sower. He taught about putting our candle under, under, uh, on a candlestick and not under a bushel. He spoke about the kingdom of God being as a seed cast into the ground and continually growing, and we don't know how it grows. He spoke about the parable of the mustard seed. And so Jesus taught the people in parables, and he taught them into the evening. And then he said, let us pass over to the other side. Now here was Jesus with an audience. He could have continued teaching day after day. Uh, He could have continued working with them. But when the evening came, he was moved to change his location and go to the other side. Now throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus continually going to the other side. In Matthew chapter 8, it was while he was on the other side that he healed two men who were possessed with demons. In Matthew chapter 9, as Jesus was on the other side, he healed a man sick of the palsy. In Matthew chapter 14, as Jesus arrived on the other side, this is the other side of the Sea of Galilee, uh, people brought sick folk to him, and the people believed that if they just touched the hem of his garment, that they would be healed, and of course they were. In Matthew chapter 16, is on the other side, that Peter made his great confession, that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. In Mark chapter five, while on the other side, Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead, and the woman with an issue of blood for 18 years was healed. And in John chapter six, while on the other side, the people came and found Jesus, and they were healed. Now, I love America. I believe that living in a foreign country makes you appreciate America even more. We have the best in our country. And yet, so many times, we take it for granted. You know, in America, we have churches that are cooled in the summer and they're heated in the winter. We have pews with padding. We have floors with carpet. We have grand pianos. We have beautiful sounding organs. We have churches scattered throughout our cities. We are known to other countries as a Christian nation. And all these things are great. There's nothing wrong with them. They're great blessings that we enjoy. Uh, There's nothing wrong with how God has blessed us, but never let us be content with the status quo, us four and no more. The cry in the heart of Jesus we see was, let us pass over to the other side. As Jesus lived in Israel among the Jews, he reached out to those of other nations. In John chapter 4, God gave salvation to the woman of Samaria and the people of the city. Now if you know from the Bible, the Samaritans are people that the Jews uh, had no dealings with. And yet Jesus went to this Samaritan woman and preached the gospel. Not only she got saved, but her whole city received Christ. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus healed the servant of a Roman centurion and commended this centurion for his great faith. He said, faith not found in Israel. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus healed the daughter of a woman of Syrophoenicia and commended her, saying, O woman, great is thy faith. Now these were non-Jewish people, and yet Jesus commended them for their great faith. Jesus was interested in other people and people of other nations. After Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead, his command to the disciples was, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And later he told them to be witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. One word in this verse that's always stuck out to me is the word both. He said both Jerusalem. And while you're going to Jerusalem, also go to Judea. And while you're going to Judea, also go to Samaria. And while you're going to Samaria, also go to the uttermost part of the earth. Now, the only way you can do this is by sending missionaries. We work here at Jerusalem. Uh, We send missionaries to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus was interested in others, both at home and around the world. In 1977, God spoke to our hearts about carrying the gospel to the country of Thailand. We arrived in Bangkok on April 15, 1978. We knew one other missionary family and very little Thai. We entered language school. It was five days a week, four hours a day. Uh, Praise the Lord, it was air-conditioned. And uh, then practiced in the afternoon. Now let me mention that Thailand has three Uh, three seasons. Uh, I call them hot, hotter, and hottest. (laughs) Okay. So praise the Lord for air conditioning while we studied uh, the language. But we would go to school four hours a day, then in the afternoon we would practice the language. Now the Thai language is not an easy language to learn. It's a tonal language. So if you use the wrong tone, you've actually changed the meaning of the word. Uh, there's a high tone, there's a low tone, there's a mid tone, uh, there's a falling tone, and there's a rising tone. Uh, if I say the word ma, ma, that means come. If I say ma, that means dog. Okay? The word, the word cow has, depending on the tone, depending on the word you use it with, can have 40 different meanings. Now I did okay in high school Spanish, okay? I'm not I'm not bragging, but I made A's and B's. And today, uh, yo hablo muy poquito español. Uh, I can speak very little Spanish, okay? Uh, and so you know, when you do language here in high school, whether you study Spanish or French or German or Russian or whatever, And let's just say you don't do that good at your uh, language study here in America, okay? Do not let that discourage you, all right? Because it's different learning a language here in America in high school than learning a language on the mission field. I remember when I the first day of of high school Spanish, the teacher said, uh, you have no reason to grumble about learning Spanish because you chose to learn Spanish. Well, I chose to learn Spanish rather than French. You know, I mean, those was my two options. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna grumble in French about learning Spanish. You know, so she said, "Don't don't complain." But I, you know, today I can hardly speak Spanish. All right, but I did make A's and B's. But the thing is, when you go to the mission field to learn the language, uh, you have a drive, you have a desire to learn that language. Uh, You have a desire, first of all, because you want to eat. Uh, You want to be able to order food. Uh, The second desire that you have is that you want to be able to give out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as you're in the country, you're in an an immersed situation. Uh, God, you meet, you know, everywhere you go, you find people that speak that language. And so God can bless people when they go to the mission field to learn that language. So if you didn't make it in high school French or Spanish or German, uh, don't be discouraged by that. Because when God calls you to be a missionary and God puts you in a foreign country to learn that language, you will learn that language. I guarantee it. After three months, uh, God, uh, after practicing, I was able to memorize the Romans Road in time. Now, I could give a little bit of explanation, not not real deep. You know, I'm still learning the language. But we would go out with a missionary family. They had three children. And we'd do street meetings. And they would go out. We'd go out and they they would sing. The kids would sing, very cute. And would gather a group of people. Once the people gathered, then I would get up and give the Romans Road in uh, salvation in time. And as I would give Romans Road, the people would little by little scatter and leave and then the children would get up and sing again another crowd would come and uh, i would get up to speak and the people would sort of scatter, just sort of disappear and we would do this for an hour or so uh, just giving out the gospel and trying to spread the word of god give out tracts Uh, so god gave us ability in that now let me just say that learning language is a process okay Uh, There was one phrase I was saying when I was giving the Romans road. uh, I was supposed to be saying long tot. And that means punished. In other words, God will punish you if you don't get saved. But I was actually saying long taught," which means fried. (laughs) And I guess that's not too different, you know. (laughs) So it's a process but God helps you in doing it. Amen? Amen. Now, the work in Bangkok began on our second term in June of 1983. Now, let me just say it's not easy to start a church. It's very discouraging to start a church. And one of Satan's tools that he uses is discouragement to try to make God's man, God's people, to give up. We began meeting in our home. We had one lady and her children to start with but she was not very faithful in the services. We went out passing tracts, would visit people at home, would invite people to church. Our attendance initially went something like this. One Sunday would have five, next Sunday would have three, next Sunday would have four, next Sunday would have one, uh, next Sunday would have two, next Sunday would have zero, uh, next Sunday would have three, next Sunday would have two. Uh, many Sundays we had nobody come. Our house was at the end of a street, and Sundays when no one would come uh, by the Sunday school hour, I would walk out uh, in front of our church, and I would look down our street and just wonder, could anyone be coming today? And some days, nobody came. Uh, and that day, I would preach very hard to my wife. Uh, but some days, you have people come. Some days, you don't. Uh, we, I would walk and pray on Saturday nights for the service. Uh, we had a good-sized yard, and I would spend an hour praying to God for the service the next day. I would remind him that he had called me to, to Thailand. He had, gotten into the, he had gotten us into the country, and I knew that he was going to bless. So sometimes it takes time to get things going. Did you know that arm Judson, I think we all know his name from translating the Burmese Bible, it was seven years before he had one convert. But just think of what he's done today. Churches are all over Burma, and praise God for that. One morning as I was leading singing, you know, when a missionary first starts out, he does everything. Uh, He leads the singing, he preaches, he takes the offering, uh, he plays the organ, plays the guitar, and uh, the missionary's job is to work himself out of a job, out of a job, okay? Uh, So one morning I was leading singing and there was a man sitting just to my right and he was singing at the top of his lung. It was a song, uh, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. And that really impressed me how loud he was singing that. And so when we finished singing just before the message, I asked him, I said, you know, you really sang that well. Is it true in your life that you would rather have Jesus than silver or gold? And he said, no, I'd rather have silver and gold. (laughs) Now imagine that just before you get up to preach. (laughs) But you know, after seven years of being in the country of Thailand, things began to happen. We had a man come to study English. His name was Bhatt. Uh, He studied uh, English three or four months, came to our services. And after that time, he received Christ as Savior. We had a man named Jesta. He sold appliances at a GE store. Uh, He was deep in sin and unhappy. Um, He came to church. He understood about the gospel. And he received Christ as Savior. And both he and his wife got saved. And he became the pastor of our first church. There's a lady named Witita. Uh, She came for English. Uh, She came for one year. Uh, She was a teller in a bank. And uh, then she dropped out for six months, and one morning I was outside on the street passing out tracks, and I saw her, and I I said to her, "Uh, how are you? And uh, there's a lot of noise, and I'm really a quiet person when I speak, so she understood me to say, are you going to come to church this Sunday? And she said, yes, I'll be there. And so she came that Sunday, and she received Christ as Savior. We've seen businessmen, we've seen taxi drivers, we've seen bank tellers, policemen, and factory workers saved. One man that we'll see in the slides tonight, Mr. Uh, Burditt, Pastor Burditt, was from northeastern North Thailand. Uh, we had a home meeting to try to get him to come in and hear the gospel. And after the first meeting, we preached the gospel to him, told him about God. Uh, he, his answer was, how can there be a God? You see, Buddhists are... Atheists. Many times we think Buddha is the God of the Buddhists. But actually Buddha was their example. And they do not believe that there is a true God. And so when we told him about a true God who created the world, who loved us, who died for us, his answer was, how can there be a God? And so we challenged him, uh, you can talk to God and you can tell God to prove himself to you. So what Berditt did, he took that challenge, and he was a cloth salesman. So he went to the market, and he filled his knapsack full of cloth. And he would go door-to-door selling this cloth. And so the first day, he went door-to-door, and his challenge to God was, if, uh, if, you're, uh, if there's really a God, then help me sell all of my cloth today. So he went door-to-door. At the end of the day, he had sewed all his cloth. He said, well, this is probably a fluke. So, second day, he went out, filled his back, his knapsack full of cloth. He went door to door selling his cloth. He sold everything. And he said, that's still probably a fluke. And so, third day, he filled his knapsack full of cloth. Uh, he said, if there's really a God, if you're really alive, if you're really there, help me sell all my cloth. And that third day, he sold everything that he had bought. And the third day, he said, this isn't a fluke he said there's a God and few weeks later he received Christ as Savior today he's pastoring a church in the northeast of Thailand and doing a great job there Uh, so we praise the Lord for those who have received Christ Uh, the other side Uh, for Jesus the other side was, was located in the country of Israel you know in his entire ministry he never left Israel But he went to the other side and told people there about Christ. For the Apostle Paul, his other side was on the mission field. He went to Turkey, he went to Greece, he ended up in Rome. Uh, His mission field for him, the other side, was the mission field. (coughs) Our other side may be located here in our home. It may be the other side of the street to tell our neighbors about Christ. It might be the other side of the state to tell others and start a church somewhere in our state. Maybe the other side of our country or maybe the other side of the world that God wants us to give out the gospel. Thailand has 77 provinces and most of them are without a true gospel witness. Many young men in our first church surrendered to preach when they and while they were seeking direction where to serve God uh, I counseled them about how to seek God's will. Now let me just say that seeking God's will is something that's always been hard for Christians to grasp. Okay? I think partially because we haven't experienced it. I think another reason is not always the same for every person. And another reason it's such a high calling that we want to make sure we get it right. And so when the Thai men who had surrendered to preach were seeking God's will about what city to go to and where uh, you know where to start a church Uh, what I would tell them is this that God is going to speak to you I don't know how he's gonna speak to you but he will speak to you and when he does speak to you you will know it and so each one prayed and God led them and God gave them a city to go work in Some went to their hometown, some went to other places, but God spoke to them and gave them a directive of how to serve. Thailand is a hard place to minister the gospel. It's a place with hard hearts. Uh, They've had hundreds of years being indoctrinated in Buddhism. Uh, Things went slow at first, Uh, but what kept us there was God's call because we knew that God had called us to the country of Thailand and we knew that God was going to do something great in that country. The other side. God has another side for everyone here. Therefore, we should ask God about His will, what God wants us to do with our lives. And I'll say to you, as I say to the Thai preachers, when you seek His will, I don't know how He will speak to you, But I know that he will speak to you, and when he does, you'll know it. So we should all pray and seek God's will. Maybe God's will is for us to be uh, here at home, uh, praying for missionaries, giving to missions, uh, going soul winning, winning others here to Christ. Some of us here, God may want us to go to a mission field. Uh, We should pray and seek God's will for what God wants us to do. And when God calls us, then follow God's will. One thing that encourages me is that when God calls us somewhere, and when he leads us, he's always in front. So as he's leading us into battle, we don't go alone. He goes with us. You know, one thing I always pray when I'm going soul winning, wherever I'm going to go and give out the gospel, is I pray that God goes with me and that God goes before me. And God touched the hearts of the people that I'm going to, go and give the gospel to first time I want a person to Christ I went with an older teenager and uh, he was older than me he was taller than me he was bigger than me and uh, but he was also scareder than me and as we went to the door we had agreed bef- at before we went to the door that he was going to give out the gospel and so he knocked on the door when the man came to the door he said, hello, my name, and gave his name, and this is Philip Pope. And Philip would like to tell you how to get saved. <laughs> and so we went in. It was a mobile home. We went in and stood in the kitchen of the mobile home and gave the man the gospel, and he received Christ as Savior. So whatever God calls us to do, God's called us to do that. It's going to uh, end up in success. So put your life in God's hands. Uh, seek God's will whatever God calls you to do follow him in that because he will go with you and he'll go before you and bless in the work that God wants you to do every, every one of us have another side let's seek the other side that God has for us alright Pastor Stephen for the hope. think about the other side